Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I've been doing this since 79, this fire show. A dude bet me $1,000 in North Carolina. I was the only brother in the club, and he saw me playing with fire, and he bet me $1,000, so I said, okay. This is Larry Hunt, also known as the Bucket Man, playing his improvised drum set at 4th and Market Streets in San Francisco. So I made more money than anybody in the band. They all knocked at the door, but I was drunk, too. I, <laughs> I had 150, 151 Bacardi in my system, wow. and I did that. Where are you from originally? Kansas. I'm following the Yellow Bit Road to success. <laughs> a long time coming, but I know change gone. Oh, yes, and here's Mark Coleman, who sings on the north end of the ferry building. It's, it happens a lot. I play a song, and someone says, That was my wedding song. Like, how did you know? Or this was a song that was in my head right now. And I said, because we're connected. And this is a beautiful example of how this all works and this connection. And it's magic. It's pure magic. And I don't intentionally do it. It just comes out of me. And it's, uh, it's a nice way to connect. I've never done any job that connects me with people so much. I've done almost every job you can imagine. Those were two different San Francisco street performers with very different vibes, very different stories, but both part of a continuing tradition in the city. Heather Knight, welcome, and thank you for coming up with this week's episode. Of course, it was a lot of fun, and I have a column out on the same topic, so be sure to check it out, sfchronicle.com. Yeah, so this is my favorite way that we get a story. I think it's a great way for you to get your columns, which is not by a press release, not by like some anniversary, just like someone contacting you out of the blue and inviting you to go explore San Francisco with him. Yeah, a guy that I've known for a couple of years named Don Propstra lives in North Beach. He's working on a book about um, the building of the Golden Gate Bridge, and he loves street performers. And he reached out to me, I think it was even before the pandemic, to say that I should um, go out with him sometime and see his favorite performers, and he'd love to give me a tour. And then, of course, everything shut down, and no, no fun was to be had for a long time. But he got in touch with us again recently, and we did go on the tour, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and a tour being, I mean, he wanted to initially set us up with like six street performers, <laughs> which would have been a really fun day, but, you know, we got work to do. But we ended up going out and, and looking for four. We hooked up with three, and I just had a really great time. It kind of reconnected me to this history that I think a lot of people think is something from the 70s and 80s, but street performing's alive and well and thriving in San Francisco. Yeah, and it was a really good um, symbol that San Francisco is coming back. Um, the streets have been so quiet for the past 18 months, but we all know the obvious signs like kids are back in school and the cable cars are running and businesses have reopened. But this is another big cue that, oh, yeah, you hear music when you walk down the streets now or see somebody licking fire like we did. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. the quirky side of San 
Francisco is coming back too. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we're, we're going to go right into it. We have um, three performers that we interviewed and we have a little audio from them, Larry and Mark and Javon, and they're all different in their own way. And I'm just really excited that we get to introduce you to them. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. So Heather, I'm curious, what was your introduction to street performers in San Francisco? Um, Probably when I moved here when I was 22 and started exploring the city, I just remember them always being part of the landscape. You know, there are fixtures in a lot of different neighborhoods, but probably the most obvious is Fisherman's Wharf. And every time I'd go to Fisherman's Wharf, there was the Bushman or the guy in all silver spray paint moving like a robot. There are just certain characters that you knew you were always going to see. I've dug around in our archive. I've interviewed a few people over the years. And our street performer history, it goes back more than a century, but kind of the modern scene goes back to two places in the 1970s, Union Square and Pier 39. You had Robert Shields, he's a classically trained mime, performing in Union Square in the 70s, interacting with shoppers and cops and often a reluctant passerby. He's doing his mime thing and gathering crowds. There's video on YouTube you can watch and we'll definitely share um, once this podcast is out. And he really put street performing on the map in San Francisco. Robin Williams has said he was inspired by Robert Shields. I've interviewed him. He's he's really a, a fun interview. And he ended up on TV with Shields and Yarnell. Um, but then Pier 39 comes in 1979. And there's a carousel. There's some arcades. But people wanted to be outside. And the entertainment started just filling in in these empty spaces. And you remember Sticky Fingers, our, our first book club. Um, there was talk about that scene around Pier 39. Yeah, I remember Alia Volz talking about how her mom would go sell the, her pot brownies at Pier 39 and that the street artists and street performers were some of her most loyal clientele and they'd help each other out. Yeah, I mean, it was a really fun scene. I went out there, you know, early 80s. I saw some of this. Um, a. Whitney Brown, who ended up on, on Saturday Night Live and should be a future Total SF guest, he was out there and had an act with his dog. That's how he got started in entertainment. There were dancers, singers. It was lucrative. You know, and you had a lot of local artists, so the people were really good. Um, I feel like as much as anyone that we've seen out there, like the best of the best, that idea of great artists coming out, that Mark Coleman's a descendant to that. Oh, for sure. He um, performs outside the Ferry Building, um, outside of Gott's Burgers. So um, a lot of people eating their burgers and milkshakes outside will hear him singing. And, um, you know, some street performers are more talented than others. He's definitely on the very talented end of the spectrum. Beautiful voice. He seems to know every song ever written. And he just loves playing there all day and has a great rapport with people um, walking by as well. He can spot what song he thinks you really want to hear in the moment. Take my love I'm the mountain in the town And I saw my friend Snow coming home So here's Coleman 
talking about how he had worked as a bartender. He worked for years in hotels and the hospitality industry, but why he became a street performer, he talks about that here. And uh, I came here in 86 and I saw the weather and that was it. <laughs> From Michigan, I was like, oh man, it's really nice. Long story boring, I wrote my first song at five and a street musician at that point in Detroit took that song and played it and made money from it. So he was like, wow, he's got something. So he kind of taught me music and how to do this. I abandoned it until I was 40 years old. And at 40 years old, I decided I was going to teach myself how to play the guitar, come out here and play music. And I got back here uh, six years ago, and I just saw that the city was in a state. You know, I was like, I didn't recognize it really. I didn't. Re it just felt funky. And so I said, I was doing this in San Diego, actually. Uh, in Balboa Park and I said I'm gonna come home and I'm just gonna play music in the streets and I'm gonna try and bring as much love as I can uh, to the city and that's exactly what my mission has been this whole time for six years and I've gone through trial and tribulation but it's all been worth it and you know I'm not I've registered in my head I don't need to be a millionaire I don't need to you know make this big pot of money but for me just to be able to sustain a lifestyle take care of my family live here in the city, I'm very proud of that. And to say that art sustains that, you know, and live arts in the city. It's like the people, these people in this city love music and they really love to support it, you know. I've done this all over the world. No one responds like San Franciscans. No one uh, responds like this environment. So. so I told Coleman, Heather, very awkwardly that he has actually been a running joke with my friend Ayn. We've both worked and traveled around that area. Ayn's a lawyer who worked in the Embarcadero building for years. And we notice that when we walk by Mark Coleman, he absolutely profiles us. <laughs> <laughs> He'll pull out Pearl Jam or Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah or like, like Octane Baby era U2. Basically the perfect song to stop a white guy who went to college <laughs> in the early 1990s in his tracks. Um, he, he's got a gift. It's a superpower, Heather. It is. Although, I have to say, when I said, well, what song do you think I want to hear right now? He said, I think something by Keith Urban. And I never listen to Keith Urban. Maybe he's better at spotting what white guys want to hear. I think maybe you should start listening to <laughs> Keith Urban because I think he has a superpower and uh, you probably would like it just on his <laughs> recommendation. Here's Mark Coleman talking about that. It's, it happens a lot. I play a song and someone says, that was my wedding song. Like, how did you know? Or this was a song that was in my head right now. And I said, because we're connected. And this is a beautiful example of how this all works and this connection. And it's magic. It's pure magic. And I don't intentionally do it. It just comes out of me. And it's, uh, it's a nice way to connect. I've never done any job that connects me with people so much. I've done almost every job you can imagine. You mentioned like the wedding song thing. Do you see someone walk by and just go, late 80s U2, you know, is, is there... There is, you yeah. you looking at the people and you kind of know Absolutely. what they want? I, I, read, I read everyone all the time, even if I don't want to. So I, I take everyone in, all these thoughts and energies, and yeah, I'll look and I'll, I'll say, I'll kind of I'll profile people, I guess, but I just kind of feel them out and I go, okay, I'm going to play some Bob Seger. And it just, it just hits a chord, you know? But what gets me is the, the seven-year-old who comes up to me and he's like, can you play more Bob Seger, please? <laughs> I could totally misread you, you know? So it always surprises me. But you see Heather. <laughs> What's Heather want to listen to right now? Oh, I don't know. I might bust out some Keith Urban for Heather. For Heather. <laughs> I don't know why. Not, not, because you, not because you're white or anything, just because you just speak Keith Urban to me. I don't know. Maybe some Billy Currington. 
uh, you know. But then I'll go Coldplay. And Coldplay works for everybody, so that's just very safe. <laughs> Can never go wrong with Coldplay and the Eagles. This is a fact. People always feel good about those two groups. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next, we met the Bucket Man. You've probably seen him if you're listening to this and you travel around San Francisco. He's worked in different places, but the last several years in front of Old Navy. Describe the scene, Heather. Right, so you're on 4th and Market. Um, The corner was pretty quiet during the pandemic, but it is not anymore because Larry is back with his 15 white buckets that he carries from his SRO in the Tenderloin to that corner every day, usually late morning. He turns the buckets over and positions them all in his specific way, and then he gets out his um, drumsticks and he just pounds on these buckets. He's got a lot of rhythm. He's really talented. And I don't know if it was just for us or this is a regular thing, but at at one point he lit his drumsticks on fire and played with them and then licked the fire. Yeah. um, He he was in uh, a lot of things going on with the bucket man. (laughs) Um, He was in uh, Pursuit of Happiness briefly, and he immediately, when we met him, showed a photo. He was really proud of that. Uh, there with his fiance, and he talked with us just really frankly about uh, being in San Francisco, moving to San Francisco, being a victim in San Francisco. Let's just give you a couple minutes of Larry Hunt, the bucket man, right here. And so how many years have you been playing the buckets? I've been doing this bucket since I was two years old. Wow. But I'm playing on a real drum set, you know, but I started on buckets first. Yeah. And I'm 63 years old now, so I'm blessed that I got a gift and my daddy raised me and and my grandma and then I got on tour with Johnny Hooker, Greg Allman, Johnny uh, Johnny Hooker, Greg Allman, Jimmy Smith, Buddy Jappy Jeff. I played a big entertainer. I well I started down there on the Powell Street first. Are you out here every day? Every day. I do this even even in the rain. You know. How much do you make? I bury it buries. If I have my CDs or my DVDs, I'll make maybe a hundred dollars. But today I made three dollars. You know, and I count if y'all help me out. But um, the main thing is, I had a three thousand dollar drum set. The city took it from me. You remember we had that Super Bowl here? Yeah. They started taking everybody's stuff. My stuff was sitting right here. I play here every day. It wasn't about nobody. It wasn't all scattered on everything. I come back. And they took my stuff. I went to go get it the same day. Oh, we don't know anybody no drum set. A three thousand dollar DW drum set, brand new, and I haven't even had it a year. Wow. You know, and I'm in. And so they keep messing me. Now they stop messing me. But every now and then they got one cop that wanted me trying to push his weight around because of that badge. But I don't care. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a senior citizen. Yeah. That's all I do. I'm not bothering nobody. I make people happy. I got little kids come to me. Somebody got to take the. The torch, because I'm not gonna be on this road that long. I know that. I'm 62 years old. 
and I might die right now, you know, I'm not saying I am, but. You're not going to die, don't say that. And how has business been during the pandemic? Hey, they're cool with me. Really? Yeah. People still coming by? Yeah, people still come by, because they're glad to see me out here, because out of all, the, all these musicians out here now, you see, they went out here to all the demons. I was out here when there was nobody, and I still got paid. It wasn't made about $20, $30, but at least I got paid my, being able to wash my clothes or buy food for my cat. No, I got a cat that keeps me company, but I got her too. But other than that, I was on the street for through the whole epidemic. I just got off the streets a year ago. But they, you know, they kept pushing me, pushing me. I finally got off the street, but I had my drum equipment with me when I was outdoors, you know. People liked me because of what I did, because, you know, being in movies, I don't think I'm a superhero, I just know you got to survive. What we're going through now, I wrote a song called Corona 19, Keep Me Hit the Curve. We're all getting hit the curve. We can't, the fires are burning people's houses down, they're homeless. What are they gonna do? I had to live somewhere, but I'll, I'll go back on the street in a minute if I have to, because I know how to survive, and all I gotta do is keep myself up and play my music, I'm happy. You take that from me, I'll be miserable. Bad part when they took my drugs in, I'm still worrying about that, because, you know, you take our livelihood away and you can't get no gigs. So I'm struggling. I'm going to get another set, so I'm trying to get donations now. Yeah. You know someone in the city's got that drum set. Oh, I know it. I know they do. I know they got that set. Because they got my pictures on the front of it. Unless they took the picture, I got a picture of me and Will Smith with my son on it. So, and, it, and it's blue, yeah. you know. And I got pictures of the drum set. How can people buy your record? Uh, well, I'm getting ready to burn them up now. I'm yeah, they'll be out here? Yeah, they'll be yeah, out here. I've got, got to get my computer burner to start working. I'm still learning all that. And we'll be advertising for him to play benefits and stuff because he likes doing it and he, it just, it, he, he, he just likes it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's my honey bun, you know. <laughs> So Heather, I got so furious when I heard that drum story because we had just been talking a couple episodes about how, you know, certain factions of San Francisco, it's like they're trying to be villains in a 1980s breakdancing <laughs> movie and doing a homeless sweep during the Super Bowl, which, you know, a lot of questions about how that was handled. And suddenly his drum set disappears. Um, this is a good dude. He's a positive light. He's doing something positive. He's bringing some joy to people who are visiting the city. I got really happy that I got to meet him. I kind of walked away a little bit mad, too. Yeah, um, he never found out what happened to his drum set, but it seems clear that um, city workers removed them as part of their sweeps to make Market Street and downtown look picture perfect for the Super Bowl. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, a big football game took precedent over the lives of regular San Franciscans. Yeah, I think... Right after we did the interview, I walked up to you and I was like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And don't want to give details, don't want to make promises, but I'm thinking a future Total SF movie night with the Bucket Man would be something really fun for, for him and for us and, and I think the community. And in the meantime, when you're near 4th and Market and you spot Larry the Bucket Man, be sure to give him some money because I think San Francisco is in one. Yeah, definitely. So we bid adieu to the bucket man, Larry Hunt, and uh, jumped on an F-line, headed over to Pier 39, and met Javon. Javon's one of the Oakland originals. A couple guys, they're doing some break dancing, they're doing some performance, and then athletic, acrobatic stunts. 
Um, this reminds me of the old school Pier 39. When I went down when I was 10 or 11, Ray Jason was there. He's a juggler. And he was this fantastic juggler. But what he was really, 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 really good at was working the crowd. And the Oakland Originals were working the crowd. Wait, wait, we need more energy than that. One more time. Make some noise for these volunteers. This is going to happen. I'm going to run from that direction. That way. Really fast. Everybody, I'm running from that direction. That way. Really fast. I'm going to jump into the air. Boing. I'm going to flip. Black man in the sky. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I'm going to land. Ding. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> if you guys want to see that, say yeah. Yes! Yeah! Say oh yeah! But anyway, then we got over to the Oakland Originals and saw this amazing performance, which was definitely like part comedy show, part acrobatics, and they were really working it. The whole um, end game is that you know kind of um, from the beginning that Javon is going to jump over a bunch of old white guys who are in town as tourists and volunteer to stand um, in a line knowing that he's going to somehow jump over all of them. And you know from early on that that that's where this show is headed. But it's really funny to see how it all plays out. Yeah, and I just love I mean, there's this real message of positivity. They talk about being from Oakland and, you know, doing positive things. And, and, And then they also are really good at getting people to give up a little bit of money, which was exactly what it was like in the 80s. So let's hear a little bit from Javon about his history and uh, his street performing. Um, I started when I was 15, and then uh, from there I kind of went through different groups. I started with one group, problems arose, went to another group, problems arose. And then when I was 17, me and two of my friends, we started our own group, Oakland Originals. And from 17 to now 23, we've been Oakland Originals. We have like uh, some older people who kind of like showed us different moves that we um, we took and kind of made them our own. So like um, I remember I went when I was like maybe 18 or 19. I went to LA and I met like the um, some of the pioneers of like street performances, and then they trained me to uh, to do that flip. Um, before I went out there, um, I could probably front flip over three people. From me going out there, it took me from three to uh, my max that I've ever done in my life is eight. Yeah. How, how important is crowd work? You two work together real well, oh, yeah, keeping yeah. the crowd engaged. And... Um, that's the most important, I would say, um, is crowd control. Because if, let's say, we have a whole bunch of people, and then people start leaving. Because people start leaving, it makes other people want to leave. So if, if we're not able to engage, if we're not able to entertain them, if we're not doing a good show, then we won't be able to keep the crowd. They're, they're not going to stay. How long were you out during the shutdown? Um, so we were out until there was no more people. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I remember there was like maybe 50 people on the whole wharf. We were still here, and we got the whole 50 people <laughs> watched our show. But then when there was like zero people, literally zero, we were like, okay, we can't come out anymore. And when did you come back? We came back June 15th was our first day back uh, officially. You remember the day? Yeah, because I remember um, that's when they said things were going to officially open up. I saw a lot of people out here who are um, probably passing through for a few days. Yeah, yeah. A little wide-eyed. Do you do you see yourself as an ambassador? Because you're you're probably one of the people that they're going to come in contact with at the city and hmm. walk away with an impression. Do you see yourself that way as someone kind of representing the Bay Area? And Definitely. The city? Definitely. And that's why um, it was so important for us to um, put Oakland in our team name because that's where um, we're both from. 
You get what I'm saying? So I feel like um, we can represent Oakland and the Bay Area as a whole in a positive light. Um, there's a few things that are kind of like negative that people might say, but like I feel like we definitely would uh, be considered ambassadors of like some positive things that not only youth can take from, but even adults can um, can see and look at us and we can be like that, the face of, uh, of Oakland. Youth, oh wait, hold on. All right, cool. Youth, you can become anything on this earth that you want to become. That's right. But in order to do that, first you have to get an education. Get an education. People in my right are my right. He's right. Yeah. If you look at us, we're doing something positive, not negative. We're not here game banging. We're not selling any drugs. What we promote is real hip hop. Hip hop stands for healthy, independent people helping other people. Everybody here, make some noise on hip hop. Make some noise. Thank you. So Heather, you guys make fun of me because I want to hop on the F line and go to the Hard Rock Cafe for lunch. That's like the most touristy thing that I do. <laughs> but uh, I kind of feel like now I want to. I want to do a sequel to this. I want to talk to three more street performers. I just had such a good time and felt so connected as a San Franciscan on that day. I will jump on an F-line with you anytime, and I will interview street performers with you anytime. Not sure I'm going to go to the Hard Rock Cafe again. Okay, well, I'll get takeout, and <laughs> we can do that. Um, I, I never thought about street performers as anything but, you know, something cool to do, a job, part of someone's art. But um, I really like walking away from it. Everybody that we talked to was just proud of what they did and thought that it mattered for the community and for themselves, their own enrichment and the people around them. Yeah, and I think it's such a um, refreshing sign, like I said earlier, that the city hasn't lost its soul and there are still really cool, unique things happening here every day and, and they're a big part of that. Well, let's give Mark Coleman the last word again, talking about, I mean, he had a, what would everybody else would say a career and then went to be a street performer. And he talks a little bit about um, what he thinks people think about that and what people should think about that. And so like people book me just walking down the street, which always blows me away. They come up to me and they say, I have a wedding. Would you mind coming around my family and everybody who you don't know? I'm like, heck yeah. And it always works out. It's a beautiful thing. So I do a lot of private gigs, but I always keep up with this. Uh, I never want to lose this. I like telling people that because people tend to think, uh, when you see a street musician, this is all you can do. Or somehow you didn't make it in the industry and that kind of thing. I like to push back on that a lot because industry is so sick right now, in my opinion. There's so many things going on with that industry. They're too corporate. And this is so lovely. And you get a nice connection with people. And it pays. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com pod. 